Before we officially start, I must give a special shout out to the boys over at Recover It. Much like myself and the lads, Chris and Ian are a couple of rugby fanatics like we all are. They've created various products with recovery in mind based around natural CBD remedies. Head over to their Instagram page or website and use the code FREEBLOKES, so number three, followed by the word blokes, for 10% off all their natural products and feel the benefit today. Good afternoon, good morning and good evening from wherever you are listening from. My name is Jamie Robinson and welcome to episode 104 of Three Blocks and the Rugby League podcast. Callum Wood and J.D. Moss Goddard are still with me. They haven't left me for about a week now. Um, as we welcome in the Thursday of, I can't even remember what date it is now, I've totally forgotten. It is topic of the week. It is our top five under the radar players of 2021. If you are, if you have been listening to our podcast over this past year and a bit, you know that we like calling players under the radar. We know we've got a specific term for it. We only say it very rarely for players that we believe deserve it. Um, I've kind of de- defined under the radar as an individual who plays beyond their expectations and our reputation, yet perhaps does not get the correct amount of plaudits for their efforts. Um, we did joke about before we recorded this podcast that if um, you, you start to call someone under the radar and saying that they're a bit of a player who goes under the radar, they are automatically a player that is not under the radar because you've cited them. Bit of a comedic value in that one. Since we've started saying this on the podcast, we've had the likes of Milwaukee Fotowaker, Ronaldo Molitalo, Connor Watson, um, and a few other names that actually missed, uh, uh, escaped me now that I can't actually think of. But yeah, basically, we'll hand over to you, Woody. We've, we've categorised it throughout the entire world. It's not just the NRL. Um, kind of players who you believe perform beyond their expectations, but don't really get the plaudits for it, mate. So I'll let you go first. Yeah, so my five are a bit of a mixture of uh, NRL and Super League. I've got two in the NRL and three in Super League. And got a few older heads in there who I kind of believe perform exceptionally week in, week out and don't get the plaudits or, you know, playing a, a really good team and kind of aren't one of the star men in there. So my number one up is Mark Nichols at the Rabbitohs. Last few seasons and I think probably 2021 especially, he's been a real unsung hero in what's been a really dominant South Sydney pack. And for me, he's you know, an ideal rotational prop. And played the last, the last 10 games or the 10 winning streak they had. He started every game at prop. Before that, he was coming off the interchange a lot. Always putting his hand up. Never stops running around. He's obviously not the most flash or explosive player. I think he's made one line break all season, bagged a few tries. But you know, every team needs someone like him. And he struggles for those plaudits when you're in a pack with the likes of you know, Kaloa Matangis, Tom Burgess, Cam Murray's in there, but Mark Nichols always making his metres, gets through his tackles and, you know, sort of play you all need in that pack. So, yeah, Mark Nichols number one for me. Number two, I guess it's a, a kind of similar shout and another NRL player, Tohu Harris, and might be a, a bit of a big shout considering he's played nearly 200 NRL games. Most of those are for the Melbourne Storm. He's got 16 New Zealand caps, but... I think his influence for the Warriors team especially is very understated and they're a much worse team either when he's not in it or when he's not playing big minutes, which he hasn't recently. Work rate's phenomenal, does so much good work and deserves far more acknowledgement than he gets. He's got into a few of my team of the weeks this season, but he deserves a few higher plaudits than that, I think. I know there's not many higher plaudits, but still. Now, my last three then, I've switched over to Super League for these. Number three, this one is Jake Bibby. Really big fan of his, and he spent years grafting away at Salford before he got big move to Wigan, where he's into his second season now. Carried on scoring at a one in two rate. That's you know, playing on the centre and on the wing. Earned himself a new contract recently. I think you know, look at the Wigan backline and easily overshadowed by your Hardacres, Hastings last few years, Bevan French as well. But 
kind of shown himself to be a really good finisher, great team player, a bit of a workhorse. Not sure if it's the look with the beard and whatnot, which kind of people put off seeing him as a, a bit of a flash player, but I think he's uh, severely underestimated. Then number four then, another Super League workhorse, Michael Lawrence at Huddersfield Giants. Mr. Reliable has been a staple of that Huddersfield team for, he's going into his 15th year next year. I think he's really, you know, still one of the least talked about and kind of lauded forwards in Super League and started out as a winger with the Giants, moved to centre, loose forward, second row. Now he's playing a prop for them. He's done a bit of everything for them and always done a decent job. Sticks his head wherever he's going to stick their boots. Over 300 appearances for Huddersfield and he's only 31 at the minute as well. So, you know, he could rack up towards 400 there, maybe challenge Earl Crabtree's record for Giants and he probably deserves to go down as definitely a Huddersfield Giant great, but, you know, a really well-lauded Super League player as well for me. See what he does in, you know, the last few years of his career, the next five years. And number five, final one, another Super League player. This is Samasoni Lange. He's gone about his business really well since moving to Catalans a few years ago. All-round gameplay has been massive in their ascent since 2018 when he joined there. Won the Challenge Cup, sat on top of Super League wherever he's playing in the centres or the halves. I don't think he's often put a foot wrong for them. Getting him to sign a new deal recently is massive for the club, and luckily for him, he's avoided moving to Wakefield. He lost your coach. So, um, can I chuck it over to one of you wakey boys after signing off for that? And, uh, Jed, go on then. What have you got for me? Uh, a nice turn of pace is that I don't have any of the five that I've, that you have said, which is always nice to have a bit of variety. Uh, all five of mine are NRL-based, and it's quite forward-heavy. Uh, but my first one is the only back that I've got, and I've gone Alex Johnston. Um, I feel like he's consistently a, a solid performer for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. He's one of their only three players, along with um, Cody Walker and um, Tom Burgess, who's, who was there. Uh, sorry, Adam Reynolds and uh, Tom Burgess was there when they won the title, obviously in 2014. Um, and that was his rookie season. He's already broke 100 tries. He was the the top try scorer, got the Kenner Medal last season. I think he's about third off off this season. He just scores at an incredible rate. And I, I feel like if he carries on scoring at the rate that he is, he'll break um, Kenner record of 212 tries, which most tries in obviously the top flight competition. And he's just never really, he, he's always known as being a great finisher, solid, he gets great run meters, but he's, he's played, I think, once maybe for Australia, never represented his state. And I can't really understand why, because he, for me, he should be in the, the bracket of the top elite wingers, but he just never seems to get that recognition. And I feel that's a really disservice for him because I feel like he's been an incredible talent for South and, and a great addition to the NRL and has scored many, many fantastic tries. And I feel like he's scored something like 15 hat-tricks so far and he's only 26, 27 and, and, and he's got many years ahead of him. Up next, um, I've gone for Jazz Tavanger, um, an, an incredible workhorse in the in in the pack whether he's at the hooker or lock um always makes an impact and I feel I don't I think they've got it anymore um but they used to have interchange Dali M interchange player of the year and I feel like he won it because he makes such a difference when he comes off the bench can really turn the tide and we know how sort of wishy-washy the Warriors can be and they don't really have any consistency throughout the season and in games as well. But he's he's consistent when he comes on and always puts on a real strong uh, strong displays is is his uh, delivery from from Hooker and his passing ability is, is excellent. And um, I feel like he's someone that should get talked about a little bit more. And I can't think of any players who have sort of the impact that he has primarily coming off the bench and he's, and he's a, a true credit to the Warriors. Up next might be sort of a bone of contention um, with yourselves, but I've gone Christian Welch. Um, 
he is rightly regarded as one of the best props in the world, but doesn't get nowhere near the amount of plaudits that James Fisher Harris gets. Um, um, oh, I can't think of who the other one at the top of my head. Um, but there's two props that are before him, and for me, he should be definitely always regarded in that bracket as being one of the best props in the world. He's represented Queensland, he's represented Australia, um, he's, he's won titles at Melbourne. He's just an incredible player. He's got an unbelievable offload game. Um, and he, he's, he's, he, he is well regarded. Um, don't get me wrong, he is obviously thought of as really well, but he should be thought of as, as more, as, as, as better than that. He is one of the elite players of the game and one of the best forwards in rugby league as a whole. Um, and I don't real, for my, in my opinion, I don't think he gets that recognition that he deserves. And he should always be, when we talk about the best players in certain positions, he is one of the best props in the world and he should be consistently thought of as such. But unfortunately, he doesn't really get that tagline, which I think is a real disservice to Christian. Um, up next, fourth choice, I've got Siasu Atakiaho, um, a real stalwart at the Sydney Roosters. And I love it when you get a goal kicking forward because they're quite a bit lost, really, in the modern game. And he's got a decent boot on him. Um, very versatile. He's played prop. He's played second row and he's played uh, loose. I think he's played centre once or twice as well when Roosters have been down on numbers. He can just do it all. Um, he gets through his business. He does what he needs to do. And he's got really nice soft hands on him. And, and he's got, I think he's played about 130 games now. Um, he's been at the Roosters. He played, at, um, I think it was the Raiders before and didn't play many games. A, a real credit you'd never really hear of him doing anything wrong or making any mistakes he just does what he needs to do week in week out and when you think about people who are grafters and, and, and doing the one percenters he automatically springs to mind um, and he's an, he's a, he'd be a great addition to any pack um, and he just really complements the Roosters nicely and, and, and they've got obviously a, a great pack and, and, and he fits in solidly and never looks out of place and probably doesn't get the plaudits when you've got the likes of um, Angus Crichton, um, Victor Radley, uh, Jared Warrior Hargreaves. Um, he never really gets it in that mention, but for me, he definitely should do. And to round off, uh, the person finishing fifth for me in the most under, under the radar players is Mitch Barnett. Um, and I feel like if you look at our points of the season, I feel like he's one of them players that he's never going to get five points. He's never going to get four points, but he'll get a one point every two weeks or he'll get a two point every now and again. Always does that. He never misses any tackles. He, he hits hard. He does hard. He, he doesn't do anything flashy, but he's the type of players that you need, especially when you're a team like Newcastle, who, again, another team who are quite inconsistent. You know what you're going to get from him week in, week out. Um, he's quite a, a oh, I think he's 27 now, a bit more of an experienced head in quite a young pack. You've got the Sayafiti uh, twins. Um, you've got Lachlan Fitzgibbon. Uh, you've obviously got Braley. It's quite a young pack. Um, and I feel like he's a real experienced head and guys that, 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 that young forward pack that the Knights have quite well, um, but never, ever, ever gets any plaudits, never gets talked about as, as, as a real leader. And, and he is a real leader for the Knights. And I think that's a real shame. Um, and I think he's been an excellent uh, player for, for the Newcastle Knights and probably one of their best forwards this season. So to round off my, my top five, I've got Alex Johnston, uh, Jazz Tavanga, Christian Welch, Siasu Atakiaho and Mitch Barnett. And on that note, I'll throw it over to you, Jamie. Very much enjoyed hearing you talk about COCU Talkiaho's nice soft hands. <laughs> That's how I describe them. <laughs> the less asked about that, the better, mate. Um, <laughs> very, very glad, very glad to see and hear that I, I haven't got any of yours, Jed. I've got one of yours, Woody. Um, and it's not Sammy Sony Lange. That's not why I was giving you the two fingers there. It was the fact that he ditched Wakefield at the last minute. Um, I'll start with the one that you've already said, Woody, for me, and it's Mark Nichols. Once again, you took a lot of the words out of my mouth, mate. What a play this block is. 
I feel if Mark Nichols played at any other club, he would be a name on everybody's lips week in, week out. Um, and that's not to say he doesn't get any attention at all in this bunny side. You know, it's just about he doesn't make the headlines on the field. He's not a, a barnstorming prop that's going to work his backside off, earning 200 metres every single game. Um, he's just the type of the guy who grasps them into a position that they need, whichever the, if they need to work to the 50s, if they need to work to wherever he will be there. Whilst I was doing my research for Mark, Mark Nichols, because he was one of the first names that popped into my head as well, I thought, my first thought was he would be a great player and he would be ideal for Melbourne Storm. I could just see him in a Melbourne top. And then as I looked into it further, Bunny signed him for Melbourne, which I didn't know. I didn't actually know that. So now all this makes sense. He played nine games in 2016 and 2017. Um, obviously, a really good team within that area as well, like Melbourne constantly are. And ever since, he's come on leaps and bounds. So it's no secret whatsoever as to why he plays like he does. 76 games now for the Bunnies and improving every single season. I think he's 30, so he's still got a good, good period of time left. Um, to say he mostly starts off the bench, he averages 10 hit-ups per game um, with averaging run metres of 108 run metres a season as well, which is superb. He's actually played every single game this year. The first half of the games, he started on the bench. And ever since then, he started propping every single game in, in the last nine games, I believe. Wayne Bennett is obviously sees what he's doing and he's worked his way onto the field. Absolutely fair play to him. He's also a bold bloke, much like myself. So I've always got a lot of time for him as well, much like Woody and all the bearded lads. Um, yeah, so Matt Nichols is definitely up there for me. I think he's a top, top player. And now that two of us have said that he's under the radar, there's absolutely no chance he will ever be talked about as being under the radar ever again. Um, coming on to the now the four blokes that nobody's mentioned, that I, I think I think that you lads will still agree with me as I've much have um, with your choice as well. First is Bo Fermor. Um, I've been really impressed with Fermor this year in, in a pack full of standouts for Gold Coast, you know, for Fita, Fat Asuma, like are we? Um, they've got a, a workhorse, in, workhorse in pack, you know, origin representative, big money signings, but he's very happy to kind of go about his business and work his backside off on and off the field. He plays mainly in the second row, but he can fill in at centre as well numerous times. I'd say the way he goes kind of under the radar, in my opinion, are his efforts in defence. Only recently, the other week, we saw him against uh, Melbourne in his cover tackling determination, which was absolutely world class. Um, this season alone, he has 91% tackle efficiency. And that amongst a Titan side that is not known for defending and more leaking points than anything else. That is an unbelievable effort for Bo Fermor. He's a great, solid player. He started seven games in 2021 and, and the rest of them has come off the bench. Um, and I think he's probably going to start a lot more games going into the future as well. He's a really solid hand. Um, and I think um, he started at Newcastle and I have seen very, very, very minor rumours that Newcastle could be signing him back to replace Connor Watson as well. So um, I have just started the room well, maybe myself, but I, you know, you never know. He's a top, top player and I do really like him as well. Coming on to the next one, he's, he's a guy I speak about on, on the podcast quite often, um, but I still think he does go under the radar purely because of the pack he plays in, and that's Toa Sipley at Manly. I think he's, a, he's an unbelievable player and I appreciate it's a bit of a bold statement in itself. It, you know, this Manly pack, you know, on the podcast, we mention it almost every week, uh, how much they've exceeded expectations this year, especially after the first horror show of the first four rounds. You know, but I've mentioned it before, Toa Sipley is easily one of the hardest working bench players in the competition. He is highlighted every single week on the Twitter account at Rugby League Eye Test, the good, good mates of ours. We, we talk about their stats quite often on our podcast. He's very high up in the charts in terms of metres made per minute 
meters per, made per run and overall percentage involvements. He's, he's, whenever he's on the field, he's working hard in attack, he's working hard off the ball and he's working hard in defence. And it's the reason why I've kind of classed him as under the radar. I don't think he gets the, the attention he deserves. Um, and I think he kind of thrives off that as well. You know, especially amongst the likes of Marty Tapau, Halomi uh, Olokowatu, Taniela Paseka, um, Curtis Sirenin, Jack Gajewski, Sean Kepi. They've got a big, big pack of Manly. But I think the main thing, as well as the fact they've got Tom Jabovic, but I think the main thing that Manly would not be as impactful as they are if it wasn't for, if, if it wasn't for bench players like Toa Sipley. So, yeah, he's my second man. Um, third bloke... Um, sorry, fourth block coming in is a man that Jed will appreciate me saying. Um, he's only played five games this year for you boys, but whenever I've seen him play, he's a top, top player. And I think you know who I'm going to say, Jed, and that's Ruben Cotter. Um, what, what a player. What a player he is. He's one of the shining lights for the Cowboys this year in a season that's been kind of filled with darkness. And I don't mean that in some sort of poem, but he's just been unbelievable whenever I've seen him. I initially spotted how good he, of a player he was when he actually when they played against the Tigers earlier on the season in round five. He absolutely cut us to shreds. Um, and unfortunately, in that game, he had an injury that put him out until this week in round 23. So he's not actually played at all. He played the first five games and now he's played in round 23 um, to take him up to an overall gate of 20 games in first grade. But Jed, you, I'm sure you can tell me better than me, but he, he's, he's, a, he's a seven or eight out of ten performer in every single game he plays. He can play at hooker, he can play at lock, he can play at back row, and I won't be surprised if he could play at prop as well, if I'm honest. Um, he, he wants to run every ball, he supports every play, he's the second man in every tackle, he always makes the ten, he just seems to be a workhorse. We've all played with them type of players at whatever level, you know, and everyone's always jealous at the engine that they've got or the heart that they play with. Um you know, he's had an absolute disaster with injuries. He's had three ACL injuries in, in his youth days. And obviously, he's just come back from a devastating three-month layoff in the NRL at the minute. I just hope he stays injury-free because this Cowboys side, through all the wrongdoings they've got at the minute and through all the kind of bad press around Todd Payton, they've got some really good young players coming through. Um, and if Ruben Cotter stays fit, dare I say, I think I could potentially see him as a, as a future captain of the club. And that's a very bold statement. Um, but yeah, I think he's definitely someone who goes under the radar purely because he gets a lot of injuries. Um, but to see how bad the Cowboys have been this year, he's, he's one of the very, very glimmers of, of shining lights. And then Jed's kind of nodding his head, and I think he, he agrees with that as well. Last but not least, if if we do end up doing some sort of end of season awards, I think this bloke for me has been not only the most under the radar player this year, not only probably the most improved player of 2021, but a player who has stepped up so much in a time that his club needed someone probably better than him and he's filled in way more than expected. And that's Drew Hutchison at the Roosters. You know, Luke Carey getting injured, Nathan Friend, Boyd Corner ending the careers, Brett Morris going. And I think Drew Drew Hutchinson just sums up under the radar for me. Before this season, I don't think anybody would have been able to pick Drew Hutchinson out of a crowd. And doing my research, I didn't even know that the Roosters... Actually, I'm going to ask, Jed, would it? Do you know where the Roosters signed Hutchinson from? Doggies? Uh, would he? No idea. Broncos? They signed him from Lee. He was playing in... Super, sorry, he was playing in Championship. Um, and I think he was playing for the Dragons. I think these Dragons were his first club. And Roosters signed him from Lee out of absolutely nowhere. Um, 
and he stepped up this season and he is genuinely, the way he's adapted on the field is nothing short of world-class. He can play in a variety of different positions to a very top standard. His in-play kicking is improving every week and he seems to have genuinely one of the most calmest heads in the game. At the start of the season, you'd have seen his name on the team sheet with the likes of Carey out and probably flinched and wondered, what the hell is this bloke doing here? But these days, he's more than happy. And, and if he's on the team sheet alongside a Sam Walker or a Lachlan Lamb, he's the guy you think, right, he'll be there, he'll calm this down, he'll be a good player, he'll win Roosters this game. I think he's done an absolutely phenomenal job. And I do worry when the likes of Carey come back because I don't know where he's going to fit. If... I think you'll get rewarded for it going forward. And I think any club in the NRL will be lucky to have him. Um, lads, if you've got a few words there on, on any of my blokes who I've chosen or, or Woody on Jeds or Jeds on Woody's, then, then fire away. But I think we've all picked some some solid names there, Woody. Yeah, I agree with all 10 of your shouts as well. Really good one, especially Drew Hutchinson at the end. Big fan of that one. So, yeah, good ones picked out there, Ollie. Ruben Costa-Jed, do you agree on that one, mate? Yeah, it's just a shame that he's... That he's been injured and not being able to have as much of an influence on the season. Uh, we might have had a few extra few points on the table, but yeah, real, real good player. Um, and to be fair, with his absence, Jake Granville's had a bit of a resurgence as well, so bad to obviously rather have Ruben Cotter as his main number nine. Uh, but yeah, no no arguments from any of them boys. I think we've picked some, some real good players. Superb stuff. Thank you everybody for listening to Three Blocks Under a Blue Podcast, episode 104. Um, I say it every single week, have a listen to our podcast, follow us on social media. We've got a, a bucket load of content out there that we love providing for you all. Thank you very much, Jedi Moss Goddard. Thank you very much, Callum Woody Wood. And we will see you next week for the last round of the NRL and heading into the playoffs as well. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you all down the road.